Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download here at BaseballAmerica.com or on iTunes. Uh, we come to you every Monday, brought to you by DeMarini. And when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free. Get the season started right. Visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash demo house. And we thank DeMarini. We're coming to you from the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook. And Aaron, lots to talk about this week. We had a great matchup involving our number one team this week as Virginia defends its house and uh, defeats. I shouldn't be talking about another possible sponsor, really, should I? <laughs> anyway, Virginia defends its home turf and beats Clemson at home in a weekend series that was uh, really, I think, the, one of the best. Uh, well, Virginia just run the gauntlet at the yep. start of the year here. Uh, with series wins against East Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, so far. And two of those on the road. Yeah, and uh, and then uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about first of all, Clemson was in that pool of teams in their top twelve basically since the start of the year right. that had been so stout. UCLA was not in that top twelve to start the year. Obviously, they've won their way in. We'll get to UCLA in a minute, but uh, the Cavaliers uh, started the season preseason number two, vaulted to number one after the first week of the season when Texas lost at home to New Mexico. They're showing no signs of giving that up. They've played good teams. They've won midweek games. Uh, they've overcome when they did lose a midweek game. They sweep on a weekend. They've just been really numbingly consistent, and yeah. they're still doing this really without Jarrett Parker being at his best. They're right. Coming into the year, the guy you'd look at and say is probably their best player. Uh, well, Danny Holton was their best player because he's too Parker worried. was a first-team preseason All-American. But Holton's not even hitting yet still, is he? Not, not he, hits, he, he usually DHs on Sundays. No, I mean, he's not hitting well, though. Yeah, he's not really a factor with the And that's bat. the thing, and Parker's not really caught fire yet, and yet this team is still just they're, rolling along. They're so deep, and that's what we one reason we loved them in coming into the years. They're so deep. you got guys like Steven Bruno, who's a good, talented freshman who would start at 95% of the teams out there, I'm telling you. Same with you know with with Reed, Reed Fragnani, um and this some of these other guys good. they brought in. Kenny Swab. This is a very good freshman class, as you talked yep. about, and you basically said like this class is good enough. Most of these guys, a lot of these guys are good enough to start. They're going to have to really win their yeah. way in. But it seems like that competition's helping Virginia. Absolutely, and and this weekend, of course, the hero uh, on on I think Friday was was Stephen Bruno, who had a two run homer in the fifth and then a walk off hit in the ninth. Um, I believe you tweeted that. And, and, and the other the other key thing for Virginia, John, is that uh, Cody Winarski, this is a key development, I think, pitched very well on Sunday. Um, he's been pretty good this year. I mean, he hasn't been, um, you know, off the charts, but he's been pretty consistent. He's gotten into a little bit of a groove here. I think now they've got three solid guys that they can count on. Um, and, and this time, you know, they brought Tyler Wilson back on Sunday. Uh, there was no letdown. I mean, he threw what, three innings, three innings on, Friday, on Friday, and he came back and pitched at like an inning or inning into third or two-thirds on Sunday. Him and Rico both pitched and, and shut down the Tigers. Uh, not Sunday. It was Saturday in the second game of the doubleheader, actually, wasn't that's it? A, that's a stout. It was Saturday, yeah. yeah. That, that is a stout one-two punch in the bullpen. And there have yeah. been a lot of those over the years. I think a lot of people might remember 
Um, I don't mean to, to be uh, Lionel Hutz here, but or not. Uh, what's his name? What's the other? The Troy actor? McClure. Troy McClure. But you might remember me from such uh, duos as J.B. Cox and Houston Street, you know, or Chad Cordero and Sean Spider Martin. That's just for Spider. But there have been quite a few great setup man closer combos over the years in college baseball. And you, if you can shorten the game like that, like well, I remember Miami in 2001. The University of Miami had Vince Vasquez setting up Michael New. You know, did a great job for the University of Miami in their last national championship. So you can have these tandems where you basically need six innings out of your starting pitcher. Right. And it looks like Virginia is in that setup. And newsflash, Danny Hulson and, and uh, Bullet Bob Morey are usually good enough yep. to give them six or more innings. Absolutely. And this is against, you know, they're doing this against, uh, you know, Clemson. I talked to a scout about Clemson last week. They're not the deep, they're not the best lineup you're going to find, but they do have a right-handed bat and a left-handed bat in the middle of the lineup and Kyle Parker and Jeff Schaus who fit into the middle of any lineup in the country. And, then the rest of that lineup is solid college players. And yeah. so holding down Clemson is no easy feat, and Virginia managed to do it. Yeah, I agree. And, and Clemson's, you know, we, like we've talked about all year, we like their talent. We think they're going to be fine. Tough um, week for Tough them. week, though, losing two to Elon at home. And then, you know, it, it, there's no shame in losing on the road two out of three against number one team in the country. But uh, Clemson will bounce back. I believe we have to, it's official, we have to call them resurgent Elon at this point. I think you have to. They've won five straight. Tip my hat to you, John. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, I need a, I'll, I'll take a, the bone thrown my way. Arizona State holding serve at number two. Let's talk about Let's Let's switch coasts here, Aaron. Uh, the West Coast not represented in the NCAA uh, men's basketball Final Four, but very well represented in college baseball. Arizona State two, UCLA, we moved them up to six. The Bruins are still undefeated. The Sun Devils are still undefeated. I mean, the odds of this happening are you know, infinitesimal. I'll have to ask uh, some sabermetrician to run the, the odds out of these teams being a combined, what, 44-0, 43-0? It's ridiculous. 43, yeah. Um, most impressive, Arizona State doing it in conference this weekend against a pretty good Cal team. And I think the thing that strikes uh, – you mentioned in the, pot, in, the, in the top 25 meeting, Aaron, is that Arizona State – Keeps winning in different ways. Yep. I mean, what's the what is the I, mean, I guess is depth the key to that factor as well for the Sun Devils? They have enough different weapons yeah. to do it. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, we talked about the bullpen with Virginia, and that's something I love about Arizona State. Also, is that you've got really three guys back there with Jordan Swaggerty, Mitchell Lamson, and uh, uh, the freshman Jake Barrett. Oh you yeah. You know, it's it's really a three-headed monster. They can really shorten games. And their starters have been exceptional, yeah. with, even without Josh Spence. Who needs them right now? I mean, you got Merrill Ke- Kelly and Jake Burrup, and uh, you know these guys. Seth Blair's been pretty good, but those other guys have been better. The less heralded guys, uh, the guys who are a little bit newer to. Uh, the, I mean, like uh, Merrill Kelly's a transfer from what Yavapai Junior College. He's a he is Central a junior Arizona. college transfer, yeah. Um, yeah, but Seth Blair's been there, and he's he's been through the. Uh, he's, he's pitched in Omaha. He's been there through Pac-10. He's. You know, not the ideal Friday starter. I think you'd rather see him as a Saturday yeah. starter, but uh, you know that's not their choice. They, they, they're Friday guys out right now, so it's it's impressive and it's really a testament to I think Tim Esme and Ken Knutson absolutely and uh, Trent Jewett that that team. Uh, what more can you say? I mean, how what better coaching job can you do for a team to be that consistent? And, and to win in that many different ways. I just love the catalysts at the top of this lineup, the, the, the Drew Maggies and the Zach McPhees that really make this team go. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good athletic team. You know, like, like Virginia, like Clemson that we're talking about, uh, it's, it's a deep, 
uh, versatile athletic group. Um, they can throw different guys into the lineup. I mean, they still haven't really settled their shortstop competition. I mean, they've got uh, Maggi playing there some days. Other days they move him to center field, and they put Devin Marrero, the, the freshman, at shortstop. And right. Marrero had a big three-run homer on uh, Saturday uh, to help win that game. So I mean, you look at their lineup. The, best, the guys who are the biggest name recruits in their lineup are really guys like you know, Raul Torres, Marrero. These guys aren't even the guys who are Zach Wilson, them. too. Zach Wilson was probably the biggest uh, other recruit. He's, a one, he's one of these guys who's not from Arizona. He's a uh, Long yeah. Beach guy. And, and uh, you know, Wilson's having a tremendous year this year so far. But, I mean, really, you know, Seth Blair is one of the other guys who are big recruits coming from Illinois. These are not the guys who are carrying them. It's, just, it's not like us. You know, the last couple of years, basically, Aaron, they were a star-laden team. You're right. I mean, like I said, three All-Americans last year in league. Spence and Kipnis, none of whom have contributed this year. Two guys are gone. Spence, is, it's really and in the past for that. It was Wallace and Davis. Right, and it was, that's right. You know, it's been a star kind of system there. Before that was Pedroia. Travis I mean, Buck and Pedroia. Right, Jeff Larish. Larish. I mean, it's been star after star. This is really not a star-struck team. It's uh, impressive. It is. It's really. It's, it's kind of amazing. Also amazing and fluky. How about Zach McPhee? Ten, ten for ten on stolen bases and also nine triples. It's like he's Jose Reyes. I don't, I don't think it's that fluky, game. though, because like, like this, this this guy's explosive. He's just, I mean, you know, when Josh Holliday brought him in last year, he called him a you know, five foot six stick of dynamite or whatever he is. I mean, he's he's just a really exciting player. Uh, I'll never forget, Holliday told me last year when I was doing recruiting stuff that this guy is stronger and faster at the same age than Pedroia was. You know, and he's not saying that he's going to be Dustin Pedroia, right. but he's... He's legit. He is legit, and uh, so is Arizona State, and so is UCLA. Just because we have UCLA six doesn't mean we don't think they're legit. The teams they're behind are, we think, fairly impressive. LSU, which went on the road and swept Tennessee this weekend. Florida State, uh, I, I already forget what they Florida swept State. Maryland. Oh, they, they swept Maryland. But Florida State, 19-4, and 7-4 and four against top 25 teams. Although three uh, of those are against Georgia, we, we should mention. Throw true. that caveat out there. <laughs> that's true. Georgia, who? Not, Not a top 25 team. That's a, that's also for later in the podcast. Uh, but Georgia Tech, let's touch on Georgia Tech this weekend, Aaron, before we get to UCLA real quick. Uh, the, the Yellow Jackets sweep North Carolina at North Carolina. We'll talk about North Carolina in our most disappointing section because there are quite a few teams that have not lived up to expectations. But let's talk about the positives first. Uh, Danny Hall even tweeted, uh, retweeted, or replied to a Baseball America t- uh, Twitter post, when he actually narrated fit Twitter post, that, uh, hey, if you think uh, Tyler Holt had the, was the hitter of the day, you got to look at Derek Dietrich. Pretty impressive way to finish a series for Georgia Tech. Down 8-1 to claw back in the 7th, claw back in the 8th, and then 5 in the ninth to tie North Carolina. The Tar Heels are 2-7 and seven in ACC play. We'll talk about them in a minute. But, but Georgia Tech, to go on the road, sweep North Carolina. Yes, they haven't played any teams that were ranked at the time, but 21-2, 8-0, 8-1 of the conference. Pretty impressive start for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. And, and, you know, the big thing about them that you mentioned in today's meeting was they've got a fearsome lineup, and we expected power to be their biggest asset in addition to Deck McGuire, and it is. Um, right now, you know, their their bullpen is lacking its All-American closer. Kevin Jacob hasn't really pitched. But they've got plenty of depth in the bullpen. You know, they like uh, the guys like Andrew Robinson, who they've got back there. I'm not worried about their bullpen. I am, however, concerned about... The weekend rotation Compton after Deck McGuire. Have been inconsistent. Compton and Pope and Bradley, those guys have just, um, they really haven't been very good. They've not, not just been inconsistent. I mean, they, they haven't even had very many bright spots. Um, they've had a couple. 
But right. you know, but again, Georgia Tech's schedule before this weekend was yeah, that's other lackluster caveat. at best. They're eight and one in the league, but just five of those wins and one of the losses are uh, Maryland and then Wake Forest. And yeah. Wake Forest is uh, those are the two weakest sad, teams in the league. Sad to say, Wake Forest. Uh, RJ, and I you're not gonna like to hear this. Ryan Johnson, former All ACC outfielder and BA employee. Wake Forest is terrible. I mean, I don't think even Char- Charles Barkley would even talk about them. He wouldn't even dignify them with a terrible right now. Is how bad the Demon Deacons are. But not far ahead of the Demon Deacons in the standings right now is North Carolina. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron about some of the teams that were in this preseason rankings and have really fallen. I mean, Georgia and North Carolina are two southeastern schools. Cal State Fulton, which seems to be getting back on the beam, but not ranked. And then Rice. Rice falls out of the poll. A team that's still in the poll this week is UC Irvine. The Anteaters drop all the way to 24. And at 14-8, and eight, the Anteaters really don't have – they're really hanging their hat on they're 14-8, and eight, so they have won some games. And their losses aren't the terrible teams. They've only lost one series. What do you see as the issue? Why are the Anteaters, who have been a big-time national factor the last couple of years, last three years really, uh, what's, what's fallen back for the Anteaters this year? Is there a little bit of lack of depth? Uh, Pitching not as good. What's fall? Why are they falling short of expectations? I'm not exactly sure. I think it's a little bit of a mystery. I mean, they haven't played the best schedule, and so when you say that they're six and five against teams with winning records, well, that's partly because they just haven't played that many teams. You know, that were really good. But still, you'd think that they would they would have won some more of those games. I'm not sure if their loss at St. Mary's was to Kyle Barraclaw or not. That would be acceptable. But we'll <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to throw a Kyle Barraclaw reference. And they play a Gonzaga, Sacramento State. James Madison, their best uh, their best wins based are against San Diego. Uh, another team that was ranked in the top 25 in the preseason, you went and saw this weekend, Aaron, and they won a series at Coastal Carolina. I hadn't even thought to touch on that. I know you'll write a little bit about that in three strikes. It does look like the Toreros yeah. are getting their act back together, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good. I mean, their pitching is, is really good. You know, I don't th- and I don't, Go ahead, I'm sorry. That, that, and that's what we expected from San Diego was a really good pitching team. They do still have questions offensively and defensively. Um, but their arms will carry them. They're going to win the West Coast Conference. I feel pretty confident predicting that. The, the defense is probably the bigger issue for them than the offense. They're used to not having a ton of offense. But yeah. you know, when you pitch like that, they do miss a lot of bats. Uh, Sammy Solis and Kyle Blair have got str- swing and miss stuff. Yep. Um, and to a and AJ Griffin, Griffin struck out nine on uh, yesterday. His changeup was really was really dancing. But I mean, uh, you know, Georgia. Let's touch a little bit on Georgia and North Carolina. I mean, I think Georgia. When you start getting that far behind, you know, North Carolina's played three tough league series. Well, two tough league series. Nothing against Duke, but that's a series North Carolina has to win on the road. But, I mean, they had as many fans as Duke had in the stands at a neutral site, basically, Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Right. Then they lose a series at home to Florida State. Then they get swept at home against Georgia Tech. And it's, well, you, gotta, you, gotta, you, you can't get swept. That's, th- those, those really come back to haunt you. And Is North Carolina in any danger of missing the NCAA tournament at all, you think? I'll no? tell you what, John. They're they're a couple of bounces and breaks away from being, you know, five and four or or maybe six and what my math six is off six and three against against you know against those teams. I mean, they, they they lost some heartbreakers. They found every conceivable way to lose. But I think the bottom line is, as much as as Mike Fox was insisting last week that he's not concerned about his bullpen, I think he ought to be. Yeah, I think he is now. I mean, you know, they're just uh, they don't have. A shutdown guy back there, and they've got a bunch of young players, and they're not getting the job done. 
I think that uh, the point that you're making about not having a shutdown guy, I mean, Jonathan Hovis, Andrew Kerrigan, Rob Wooten, Brian Moran, they've had in this yes. stretch. They've always had a guy they've that they had could count on. Sometimes two guys, mm-hmm. but they've always had a guy, and they haven't found that guy yet. And their lineup is, you know, fairly unimposing. And, uh, you know, Levi Michael and Brian Godwin, Goodwin are their, their best hitters and their, most, their biggest threats. And those guys are constantly getting pitched around. So it's pretty impressive that North Carolina has more walks than strikeouts with the team and still not be, being when, able to when, get it done in ACC play. When you've got a bunch of little punch-and-judy hitters, I mean, that's you know they, they have a bunch of contact-oriented guys. So it's just not a very physical, imposing lineup. And, and I, I do think that they can be dangerous at times because they've, they've got some guys who can make some things happen, move the ball around. And, uh, but they're just not a very offensive team. I mean, I don't think they're very they're they're they're, they're great this year. I I do still think they'll be in a regional. I think that they've shown enough uh, potential this year. I mean, they they have been in most of those games like we talked about right. against, against top ten out. teams. You're right. They're not getting blown out. Very winnable games against top ten teams. But um, you know, certainly they're not going to host a regional this year. And 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 I think that they need to turn it around in a hurry in order to make a regional. Fortunately. You know, most of the softer teams in the conference schedule are still ahead for them. Yeah, they do still play at Maryland. They have a series with NC State, but then they have to go to Miami and Clemson back-to-back weekends. You don't see that yeah. as being successful. And they finish with Wake Forest at home at Virginia, Virginia Tech. It's gonna be touch and go for the Tar Heels to to make it to regional. To be honest with you, how about Rice? Is Rice in position? Should we worry about the Owls? Not even just yeah. getting ranked. I don't think that anybody worries about the Rice being ranked. All of Conference USA looks down right now. Right, and that's and that's the Southern Miss is down. You know, I know East Carolina swept the uh, Central. North Carolina Central's uh, embarrassing and is is almost too strong, uh, almost too strong a word. But they're they're not competitive, which is a shame. But uh, Southern Miss lost the series uh, this weekend at UAB. at UAB. It's a very muddled league, so I guess Rice has a chance to yeah. climb out of that morass. But this will not be. This is more like a four bid Conference USA right now. This is more like a two or three bid. Is Rice in danger of missing regionals? No, because they're going to win the league. I mean, like you said, the league is not as good as we thought it would be. And uh, I'll tell you what. You say I, that with a lot of confidence, for considering this is a team that yeah. isn't beating anybody. I no. mean, they have explosive offensive games here or there, but very inconsistent lineup, not to mention inconsistent pitching. Uh, and you're going to be inconsistent when you swing and miss as often as they do. They yeah. swing and miss a lot. And I'll tell you what else. If they don't win the league... Um, I know that they're only 12 and 11 right now, but they have played one of the nation's toughest schedules. They've gone, they made two trips to the West Coast, uh, and, I'm, and they haven't done great out there. They lost both series. Right, they got swept but at Stanford. They, if they can, if they can pad their overall record a little bit, if they can do pretty well in conference, the committee will look at the fact that they played a tough non-conference schedule. And even, you know, even though they they didn't do great against that schedule, I think that they'll be rewarded for it. Um, Look, Rice is. I'm I'm convinced now, John, that Rice is is probably not an Omaha team like I thought that they were coming into the year, and and I heard some more reports this weekend uh, from from people who saw them against San Diego um, that uh, their pitching is just not very good, and yeah. and their and their and their lineup is not as good as expected. Rick Haig is struggling mightily. Uh, can't hit inside fastballs. Really playing terribly at shortstop. He's kind of killing them right now. I mean, he's a key guy for them. An All-American shortstop. He's got to get it going. Yeah, you can't put it all on, on him, though. Their whole team their whole team is striking out a ton. Salt's yeah. ball, uh, what's his name? Hey, Fuda. Fuda, has, he's hitting 380, so you can't blame him. But he's got 37 strikeouts. The likelihood of that keeping up is, is not high. 
They don't have a really great bullpen either. I mean, like, Matt Evers was supposed to be their moment of truth guy, and he can't throw strikes. They've thrown him twice all year. And it's really odd to see a team like Rice go out and get an Illinois junior college guy and slot him instantly in their weekend rotation. That yeah, and now out. he's out of the weekend right. rotation. They, right. they, they want him to work on his mechanics and his command a little bit. Georgia. Georgia's 9-15, and 1-6 and six in the league. Uh... We know about Georgia's injuries. It started in the fall, obviously, with Chase Veazey and that horrible accident. Chance Veazey. Chance Veazey, I'm sorry. A guy who projected to be their everyday starting second baseman, paralyzed. That difficult for any team to overcome. But they have arms, and they can't get anybody out. And they, yeah. they just give up a lot of crooked numbers. How about 20-3 to and 19-3 to losses to Auburn at home last weekend, and now losing two out of three at Mississippi State. So we and they, know and they give up 19 runs in the two losses, too, in the, against Mississippi State. Right, right. Uh, and Mississippi State, their biggest problem the last few years has been scoring runs. What is the deal with that? Is Georgia's defense that awful, or is the pitching part of that the That thing is well? just snowballed on those guys. You know, it's uh, they're not playing well in any facets. I mean, they, you know, Zach Cohen's just playing well from what I hear. Yeah, but, I heard the same. Uh, you know, they've got <laughs> – everyone I talk to who has seen Georgia says, I, I just can't figure it out. They've got a lot of talent. They do have a lot of talent. You know, they're more talented than most of the teams or all the teams that they've played this year. Yeah. Um, you it's know, stunning. even it's people stunning. even people who saw them play Florida State said right. they were more talented than Florida State. Correct. They're not half the team Florida State is. But they're nine and fifteen, one and five in the league. They got to go to two LSU midweek games with Clemson and Georgia Tech coming up. Ole Miss, which had a big weekend this weekend, and the SEC this weekend. Ole Miss, uh, who'd they beat again? I'm blanking. Florida. Ole Miss goes and, and beats Florida two out of three. Arkansas uh, wins its series, sweeps Alabama, which had been red hot. Uh, South Carolina gets a, one of its better series wins, beating Auburn. Uh, so the, the SEC's not lightening up. How about Vanderbilt sweeping Kentucky this weekend? Uh, by far the best statement Vanderbilt's made all year. So it's not going to be easy. I mean, uh, again, Georgia has to go two LSU, two Arkansas, two Vanderbilt to Florida. Whew, they're going to have to get a lot better in a hurry to get a regional bid. Doesn't they're look in, good. They're in much worse shape than it looks like North Carolina or Rice. There's no question. There's just a really uphill battle for them. They've gotten just blasted three straight weekends, I think, right? Three straight weekends? Yeah, no, they have. Uh, it's it's not good. I think Cal State Fulton, we talked about, they're starting to, they're, they're getting their, their act together slowly. But, again, is, is that a team that you feel like the Titans – can rebound and still be an Omaha team, or is their supporting cast just not as good as we thought it was around the stars like Cologne, Brown, uh, you know, the Ramirez's, uh, Tyler Pill? I think they're going to be okay. I, I think out of all these teams we're talking about, um, you know, Georgia, Rice, North Carolina, was there somebody else? That, that might be it. I think Fullerton is the team that has the best chance to still Put it together and get to Omaha. We thought about USD also was in this group of disappointing USD. teams. Yeah, but but you know, and USD has won f- their last four weekends now, and they've actually won four out of five weekends on the year. They had a rough patch. It's, uh, it's amazing that 14 and 11 when they've won five out of six weekends. But um, they had a lot of midweek losses. A lot of midweek losses, and but I mean, USD is is they're they're fine for me. To me, they're almost back in the top 25 consideration. You go across country and win a series against the number 10 team. Um, you know, and that's if pretty they were impressive. 16, if they were 16 and nine instead of 14 and 11, we probably would have ranked them. Because they played 10 games against top 25 teams too. I mean, strength of schedule is very important. To uh, to me, strength of schedule can be overdone. Sometimes we always try to take it into considera- consideration. Sometimes it can be overrated because I, I want to see you win. I don't yeah. want to just see you play good teams. I want to see you beat good teams. Uh, they haven't quite done enough of that. Um, 
Oh, it's really weird to look at Fullerton and really realize they just really don't have a set weekend rotation outside of Noe Ramirez, and they just really don't. Yeah, I mean they're mixing and matching. They're still searching for answers there. That's it, and and you know. Uh, Tyler Pill has has been disappointing considering how good his stuff is. He's got the best stuff on that staff, um, at least among the starters. I'm doing Flores got pretty nasty stuff too, um, you know. And, and Dan- Daniel Rankin, of course, just not the guy that he was last year. Um, that's the biggest thing that they've got to fig- figure out. I think is the mound, and, and you know we expected that to be their the their biggest strength this year. They returned all three weekend starters, uh, um, you know, a bunch of other pieces on the mound, and, and those guys uh, were good last year. Uh, have not been this year, I mean, for whatever reason. Well, it's the Baseball America podcast with John and Aaron. Aaron, uh, we brought in a couple of uh, new teams toward the back of the rankings. Let's briefly touch on them. Actually, we, well, we brought in, what is it, one team? Two. Arizona. 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 Did we only bring in one? I guess you're right. How we, only brought in, uh, we only brought in Arizona. We left in Alabama, as it turned out. Uh, after much debate, we, we would have liked to have done a top 24 this week. Yeah. But let's touch really quick on the Wildcats. You talked, we wrote about them last week in Streakin', I believe it was, in Weekend yes, Preview. Yes, that's right. And Andy Lopez has a young team. And I guess the big problem with them is uh, they haven't left their home park. They have played every game at home. I'm forgetting Frank Sunset Field. I forget what the name of the rest of the stadium is. They have one of these compound names like everybody else in college baseball has. Yeah. But what's uh, what's working for Arizona this year, and what are the pitfalls for them going forward? Well, you know they uh, they've got a lot of freshmen, and and they're, it's an exciting group of freshmen. I, I really like the athletes up the middle, especially. Um, you know the um, Joey Ricard in center field has been has been very good. They've There's got a lot a, of Joker. We like, we like those. Uh, that's, that's part of that. I there believe he's part of the, one of those Bishop Gorman guys. Okay. Um, they really like uh, their shortstop, Alex Mejia. Um, just a really flashy, exciting player. T- takes leadership of that infield. He pushed Bryce Ortega, you know, who started for two years at shortstop, to second base. So that tells you a little something. Um, and Kurt Hayer on Friday nights is another freshman who's been outstanding for them. Uh, started the opener, and you know, just because of an injury and. Uh, was so good that he's he stayed in that role and he's just been lights out. Uh, I believe he beat Oregon again on Friday. Um, you know, it's a young team. It's an exciting team. Uh, they've got, I think it's more than 20 freshmen now. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, and wow. a lot, they've got four or five playing regularly every day. From the sixth inning on, their bullpen is all freshmen. I mean, it's they're gonna have some adversity at some point. Uh, this, their first road trip will be this weekend, and you know, those guys said. We don't even know how our guys will react in the airport yet, you know. Right, exactly. Um, so there's some things yet to, to work out. But and Cal I, is competitive, not great. They yeah. obviously got swept by uh, Arizona State this weekend. No shame in that. Arizona State sweeping everybody. Yeah. But they did split four games with Rice. Kind of hard to tell what that really means anymore. Won, um, won a game against Arkansas, I believe. The one thing about Cal is it's a much less offensive environment than Arizona's home ballpark. Is. Yeah. So you're going from hot, dry, arid to uh, Northern California, you know, the weather, the air is going to be heavier, thicker. It's just not as offensive of a place to play. It's, it's, so it's a very different environment. And let's see how Arizona's young guys, uh, so they're going on the road, one, on the number two, they were going to play in a very different offensive environment and see if one of those drives that have been falling into the gaps for a triple at home, uh, you know, gets caught on the warning track at Cal or just dies even short of the track. See how they adjust to that mentally. But, Another thing that we can talk about briefly, Aaron, is the, the Pac-10, much stronger than we thought yeah. going into the year. From Oregon to Arizona to Wazoo to, of course, the top, UCLA, Arizona State, this league is very stout. It's much, much better than it was last year, first of all. Um, and it's it's better than the Big West, and it's 
better than Conference USA. It's better than the Big Twelve. Uh, I yeah. think. I mean, it's. I, I think it's right it's, there with the ACC. The ACC it's right there. The five really stout teams, with Miami being the fifth team. Um, for me, UVA, I think there's probably Tech, Florida State, uh, Miami, Clemson. Clemson. There's five teams. Yeah. I mean, Miami. Just seeing them Sunday against NC State. I think they turned four double plays. Stephen Perez and Harold Martinez. Martinez doesn't have great range. Stephen Perez can compensate. If Harold Martinez gets his hands on it, he's going to throw you out. He's got real good he's hands got a and really a good arm. Good hands and good arm, and showed some agility on a little chopper, chopper two hopper. Yeah. It was actually like a five hopper, but uh, on one play that I saw, Yasmani Grandal has been a nice big bat in the middle of their lineup. You know, they're, you know they're going to bullpen it up uh, with Jim Morris, and Eric Erickson looked really good Sunday. Now, granted, NC State's lineup is not that great. They didn't hit last year. Yeah. Have they got in the conference play? Once again, they're not scoring a lot of runs. Scored some runs at Clemson, but uh, I'm impressed with Miami. They're going to pitch in defense, and they're obviously well coached. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, the the top of the ACC and the top of the Pac-10, I might take the pocket top of the Pac-10 right now, even with Virginia. I might take the top of the Pac-10. I don't Pac-10. know. I mean, Virginia, tough, Virginia and Florida State versus, versus and UCLA Tech. and Arizona. And, and Georgia Tech, that's the difference is you've got three top five teams. So how about Stanford? <laughs> is there an ACC team as athletic as Stanford? Stanford's very young. I think the difference is the ACC has more Virginia's probably athletic. Is, Virginia, is Virginia and those kind of teams have more juniors and seniors yeah. and guys who've been to Omaha yeah. as opposed to Stanford, which, and just so, which is so young, Arizona, which is so young, Oregon's a young team. Stanford's pitching is a huge concern. Yeah, because so they only, only have one consistent starter, yeah, Jordan Preece, yeah. and, and Mooneyham and Snodgrass, and those guys are just not... And Mark not, Appel, I think, this weekend got hammered in one yeah. of those games, too. So. You know, and Mooneyham actually... <laughs> the he thing, didn't even pitch this weekend. No, he pitched, oh, he and, and, and you know, I think he only gave up one run, and his ERA dropped two full runs from 8.85 to 6.85. <laughs> he still walked seven guys. This weekend in a win. I mean, he's throw like, strikes. He's like uh, Abby Calvin Lelouch. I mean, give me a break here. That's, uh, <laughs> you you got You just. That's the most important thing a college baseball pitcher can do is throw strikes. And that guy's got a huge arm, and he doesn't throw strikes. In the words of, uh, in the words of uh, the, the 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 all knowledgeable Wayne Graham, throw strikes. That's it. So, how many Im- imitations have I thrown into today's podcast? Even? At least a couple. That's quite a few. Uh, we did touch on the email that we got from Bo McDaniel uh, at podcast at baseballamerica.com. We talked about Rice. Um, Mike Ogilo was really not that good, but we did talk extensively about Rice. Uh, but, Bo, I want to thank you for sending the question in. The email address for next week's show is podcast at baseballamerica.com. You can always check in with us on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com backslash baseballamerica, I believe. Is that That's our Baseball America fan page. Aaron's tweeting at his own Twitter account, twitter.com backslash Aaron Fit. Those are all part of the Baseball America Twitter feed as well. I'm tweeting now at John Manuel B.A. I think we've got a little Twitter happy at Baseball America. But we're all on board the bandwagon, so so join us uh, at Baseball America. And the many platforms and many different ways to follow Baseball America. And one of them, of course, is here on the podcast every week where we talk college baseball, and we clearly enjoy it. So for Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for joining us on the Baseball America podcast. Until next week, so long, everybody.